Hey, this is Wilson. No Jason this week as always. What's up, Galvis? What's up, bro? Not that much, man. Um, so this is our first episode in almost uh three weeks. The last episode was January seventh. Today it's January the twenty seventh. And uh we're gonna switch gears uh here on this podcast. You know, we've usually this has been a podcast where we cover, you know, the current state um of the Lakers. Uh but I'm so bored with the Lakers and their current um incarnation that uh, I wanted to go in a different direction and make this more of a Lakers uh, throwback uh or retro uh podcast um where we talked about, you know, the real glory days, you know. So, you know, for me and Galvez that was the the 2000s with Shaq, Kobe, and Phil, and then Shaq, uh, I'm sorry, then Kobe and, and Powell and Phil. Uh, and then also, you know, we might talk a little about the 90s because we do remember the 90s, which, you know, you know the, that's the post-show time and then leading up to the, you know, the, the championship years of the 2000s. And then even I want to talk some about the Showtime years because I bought Jeff per- Perlman's book uh, on the Showtime Lake because, of course, the HBO show is uh, set to premiere in uh, March that's based on that book. And I know it's just going to be a rollicking good uh, time watching that show. Uh, so, you know, that because that's just, I mean, I'm just not, it's, these current Lakers, they just don't do it for me with LeBron and AD. They're not interesting. They're not fascinating. I miss the old days. I miss Dr. Buss and Mitch Kupchak and Jerry West and Gary Vitti, you know, John Black. You know, I just miss, the, I just miss the way it was. And these Rich Paul, LeBron James, Lakers, they just don't do it for me. But how much of that is because um, we got a 33-year-old LeBron. Uh, we got a – well, when we signed him, we traded for Anthony Davis. We, like, we, we can't grow with the team anymore. I mean, you know, it seems like every year they maybe keep their core, but they trade away all their role players. And then, like you said, like, uh, in the early 2000s, we had Lori, Fisher, Fox for a, for a while, for the mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. And then we got, you know. Uh, and then in the in the second three people with Kobe, you know, we had Sasha, Odom, Bynum. We had Ron Artest. So we had the core team. We had them for three, four years. And this current team, it's like, I don't know if it's because LeBron is, you know, kind of pulling strings behind closed doors, but I, you, you can't grow with the team. Right. And, uh, each, yeah. and I think that's what, makes, that's what makes Golden State's team so special. I mean, I know Durant went there for three years, but they had already won a championship without him. And all three players were drafted. There was no free agents. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Godala played a big part, but, you know, he, he was the fourth best player. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like they won because of him. Right. And, um, you know, that's what was so special about Kobe, because even the Shaq, we tra- we signed him as a free agent. Pal, we traded for him. But Magic, we drafted him, and Kobe, we drafted him. And that was what made it so special. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. But I can see why, you know, uh, you know, it could also be because we're older, you know, and everything was better when we were younger, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I bet you if you asked 50 and 60-year-olds back in 2000, 
they would have said that the Showtime Lakers were the best and they didn't like this current team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just how life goes. Yeah, um, that's definitely the series. So we're, we're going to try to like just talk about series or things, uh, significant things that happened in Lakers history. Uh, so we want to talk about the 2000 Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Blazers, which went the full seven games. But real quick, this was the first series that I ever really paid attention to. And this was the series that made me fall in love with basketball. Growing up in the Hispanic household, you know, when you're really small, everything's soccer, soccer, soccer. In 2000, I was 12. So I was kind of old enough to already know what I wanted. And I remember watching this series on NBC and just seeing them. How old was Kobe? Kobe was 21. 21. Mm -hmm. 21. So seeing a 21-year-old kid just this, I'm telling you, this was a series that made me fall in love with it, and especially game seven. Yeah, for me, man, I was, uh, you know, I, uh, it was like I liked the Lakers in the 90s, like Nicolette Axel was my first favorite player, but it was, but you know, I was more of a baseball fan then, you know, so I like Nick, I love Nick, and I liked Eddie, I liked, you know, Eldon and all the other guys. But it really wasn't until, you know, and then, of course, Shaq and Kobe come in 96 and uh, Rob Borick, you know, comes over to trade that first year they were they were uh, here. Rick Fox comes the next year. Fish is drafted with Kobe Sabier, so he's Sabier uh, with Shaq coming to the Lakers. And um, But it really wasn't until Phil Jackson got here that I became like a true Laker fanatic, you know. And when I was coming up, I was like, that's what I was known for was loving the Lakers and being a, you know, guys used to call me Phil because I used to, you know, like mimic Phil Jackson and stuff like that when I was in middle school. And, you know, this year in 2000, Phil comes in first year and he's, uh, and he's won six championships with the Bulls and then took a year off. Uh, and, and he comes in, Kurt Ramos has been the interim coach the year before the strike shortened season. And uh, but Jerry West, uh, as I was reading yesterday, Jerry West wanted to put an end in like the musical chairs because it had been through, you know, three or four different coaches uh, since Pat Riley had left in 1990. And so he he went big. He got the biggest fish in the on the market, Phil Jackson, to come in. And everybody thought because Phil, you know, was running the triangle, it's, you know, supposedly, you know, so hard to learn that it would take a while for the Lakers to uh adjust and they were hoping that you know I was reading that you know they were hoping that they might be five hundred by the all-star break. And it turns out they come out, you know, they go sixty seven and fifteen, you know. Um they had, you know, multiple double digit game winning streaks. I know a nineteen game winning streak, I think a sixteen game winning streak, maybe an eleven game winning streak also. It was just a dominant season. Shaq won his first and only MVP. And uh Kobe, you know, had a great season, second team all NBA, first team all defense. Uh, they get to the playoffs. Uh, you remember that first round series against Sacramento, Galvis, <laughs> where it looked like it was might end right. You know, uh, it goes five games. You know, and but we went in in five, and then you know we take care of Phoenix in five easily, and that sets up the matchup for Portland. They had gone fifty nine and uh and twenty three during the regular season, behind Scottie Pippen, of course, the great former Chicago Bull at six championships, one those with Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. Uh, Rashid Wallace, Damon Stoudemire, Bonzi Wells, Steve Smith, Arvita Sabonis, I could go on and on. Yeah, just a, a packed and, team. 
I, I remember a lot of people forget. I was very worried that San Antonio was going to be Phoenix, but I think Tim Duncan, he got injured, right? Right, he had a knee injury. That's right. He didn't play yeah, this. He had a knee injury. And that's how Phoenix was able to win 3-1 because if San Antonio wins with a healthy Tim Duncan, I mean, who knows if the Lakers even make it to the Western Conference. That's right. Um, it was it was you know the Spurs were the, were the defending champions and they were you know they had Tim Duncan, David Robinson, mm-hmm. and Greg Popovich and they had swept the Lakers the year before. So uh, it, it definitely knows what would have happened if we had to face the Spurs uh, that year. We didn't know what happened the next year. <laughs> we swept them out. We, you know, we swept, swept through the West. Yeah, um, but. What was do you remember watching game seven? Yeah, bro. Um, I remember watching it. Uh, I, I think, I think because you know, I think the rest of my household is was kind of like front runners. So when things start going, you know, poorly, uh, they kind of will just like abandon ship. But me and my grandmother, we were downstairs still watching, and uh, you know, some you just a little more background, remember. We were up three one in that series. You know, uh, we won the first yeah. one. Portland won the second one. Then we go to Portland and we take both games in Portland. And Phil Jackson famously says that the Blazers are at at death's door. And then Portland comes out and we're expecting that we to close out in Game Five at home. They kick our ass in Game Five. They kick our ass in Game Six back in Portland. Now we're back and, and, and Staples in Game Seven, and all the pressure is on us. You know. And we come out, and of course, famously, Portland has a 15-point lead uh, early at the start of the fourth quarter, you know. Um, and what what happened after that was, you know, one of the most, probably the greatest quarter in Lakers history. I think I remember Brian Shaw hitting the – see, I was 12, so I didn't really understand basketball, right, like the X's and O's aspect of it. And I just remember I was watching it in my house, and I remember Brian Shaw hitting those those threes, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know the 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 importance of those threes. Obviously, I know like we were cutting the lead, and mm-hmm. I still remember that Shaq, that Kobe to Shaq alley mm-hmm. and I had a, it was just. That's the one moment in all of sports, that one play that, like, when I was younger, will always, like, stay with me, you know? And mm-hmm. I know, uh, we, you know, obviously yesterday was the two-year anniversary since Kobe's passing. And see, those are, the, those are the things, like, it may sound cliche or cheesy, but you grew up with Kobe. Kobe was 21. He was still, still a kid, man. I mean, mm-hmm. in life, he was a grown-ass man. But in basketball, he was still a kid. And mm-hmm. so and you're literally a kid. And so those moments is like, that's the connection you have with Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just seeing that loop. And I remember my cousins were playing a game. We lowered basketball that we had in the backyard. And we lowered it so low that we could dunk. And we just kept recreating that play, man, over and over and over. <laughs> it was, man, it was crazy. And, and, and that's, what, that's what I don't know. 
if these kids nowadays have these memories, yeah, where, 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 okay, uh, what can we say, right? In the past, I don't know, let's say five years, what's one play that stands out like the alley oop play? There's none, right? No, there's not that one play that you can say. All right, let me go out and recreate this with my friends or my, or my cousins, mm. you know. Um, and I think that's what's missing, like like you said, with today's Lakers. Um, uh, you know, we had the big shot, Bob, uh, shot against Sacramento in Game Five, I believe. No, Game Four. Oh, yeah. Um, we had Kobe braining his ankle and. And scoring eight, uh, you know, and then Shaq fouling out, and then he scores eight points in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, countless, countless memories, dude. I don't know if the kids have that these days. Yeah, bro, I remember when George made his last shot with Chicago in '98. But we were 10, so we didn't yeah. really understand or appreciate the significance of that shot. No. But I do. I, I mean, I could tell it was a, you know, it, I mean, they won the championship, and I remember going out in the backyard and just, you know, what he had just done is to push off and the Jay, I and you know, doing that in the backyard. You're right. I don't think kids do that anymore. You know, that's what we used to do, though. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, man, and, and you mentioned you mentioned Brian Shaw. I mean, that's why uh, a couple years later. I think it was in 2002 and the Lakers were trying to, you know, adjust their salary cap. And I think they released B Shaw for like a week. They, you know, they were going to bring him back, but they released him for like a week just so they could try. They were trying to get their salary cap in order. And I remember Shaq saying, man, if if they, you know, you know, it's like, he's like, all right, but you know, if if it doesn't work out with him coming back, I'm going to be upset because if it weren't for him, the run doesn't get started, you know? I mean, yeah. B. Shaw was huge knocking those threes down uh, in that um, in that game seven, man. He was the one who brought they us. Yeah, they don't have a chance to win if Brian Shaw doesn't make those threes. Yeah, I think he even made the three that tied it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the, the best thing about the Lakers, the first thing I want to say is, you know, if you go back on YouTube and you look at the game, you know, it's you, there's a part where they go to Magic, you know, and he um, – he, uh, he, they talked to him. I think it was probably Jim Gray, who I don't remember. But they talked to him, and he's standing there, and the, you know, in the, in the crowd like he used to back then. And he uh, he just talks about, you know, we're down fifteen or whatever. He just goes, "Man, I'm just really, really disappointed right now." You know, it was like because you know, I mean, we'd gone through this whole. You know, it had been a while, bro. We hadn't won in twelve years, and we were, we, you know, we the city, the city was ready. You know, and you know, goes, you know what's so, you know so funny is that franchises that have never won. Are just wishing to get to one point, and we're yeah. upset that, we, and they've been in the league 30, 40, 50 years, and we're upset because we hadn't won in twelve years. Yeah, I mean, in the eighties were like the greatest, you know, yeah. as far as entertainment you know, and sports. My cousin, who was a little older than me, he was would have been he would have been fifteen in two thousand, so he was a little older than me. You know who his favorite player was? Ooh. Maybe because he kind of looked like him, Travis Knight. <laughs> <laughs> let me let, let's read, let me read you the uh, the roster real quick. 
2000. We had obviously Kobe, John Celestan, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, Devin George, AC uh, Green was probably like, what, 50 years old? Ron <laughs> Harper, Robert Ory, Travis Knight, Tyron Lou, Shaq, Glenn Rice, another 50-year-old, and John Sally, and Brian Shaw. Yeah. Um, some definite veterans who had, who had been there before, like you mentioned, AC and Ron and Sally were already, you know, champions. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it, it had been, it had been 12 years and the city was itching and we had gone 67 and 15 and had this great season. Jack won. You know, uh, you know what the Lakers uh, record was that year? 67 and 15. You know what the Clippers was? 15 and 67. Yes, sir. Uh, mm. That was that you that you remember how funny it was when it was like the Clippers were just the Clippers and no it, it was like the they were like they the still, worst they still, Yeah, they still played at the um sports. sports you know, I remember the going to the and at the LAPD station they'd be like, "Hey, sign up for a newsletter. And we'll give you two free tickets." And nobody <laughs> wanted. And the problem was, <laughs> obviously, you would pay to go see. Jordan come into town, right? Yeah. You would pay to see the like, Lakers or Supersonics or mm-hmm. Rockets, but they'd give you like the they'd give you like the Clippers versus like the Vancouver Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm bad. I'd rather be doing anything. Uh, um, which, uh, we um, and so yeah, man, we were uh, we were ready. And uh, uh, it was, um, you know, we were up, like I said, we're up three games to one. And all of a sudden, it's game seven, and we're at home, and we're down by 15 points at the start of the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, B-Sharp, man, he, he got hot. He started making those threes. Shaq struggled. You know, that was probably the one series during that run, and maybe in Shaq's whole career before he got old, where he was sort of contained, you know. Portland had a lot of big bodies. Uh, well, Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis was huge. Couldn't stop him, but he was big enough, I guess, and just their defensive scheme. Yeah. And then they uh, had Brian, you know, Brian Grant. Brian Grant. Even Brian Grant was like half Shaq's size, basically. It, they In that series, I think Shaq averaged only like 25 in that series, but he averaged, you know, 30 for the whole, you know, the whole playoffs. I mean, everybody else, he just walked right over. You know those three yeah. years in a row. Um, that was but, that was a very good um roster. They had great Anthony, Stacy Ogman, Brand Grant, mm-hmm. Gary Grant. See, they had obviously a young, ineffective Jermaine O'Neal, Scotty Pippen, Sabonis. They have Shrimp, Steve Smith, Shrimp, yeah. They even uh, Stoudemire, she Wallace, Bonzi Wells. My God. Um. And then so they, you know, they, they were able to contain Shaq and stop him from averaging like everybody else he was averaging 38 and 50, 7, 16 against, you know. But they were able to hold him in, in check, relatively speaking. And really, in that in that game seven, uh, Kobe was the best player in the court. Uh, Kobe had 25 points. Shaq only had 18 points in that game. Kobe had 25 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, you know, he was he he played a great all court um game. Uh and you know, at the end we all remember that like Alvis said, uh the Lakers are up by 
They come all the way back and take a four-point lead. Uh, Portland mm-hmm. misses a shot. The Lakers are coming back down. Kobe has it at the top of the, of the three-point line with Pippen. There's Scott Pippen, one of the, the five greatest defensive players at least to ever play the game. And he's not there at the top against Kobe. And Kobe, you know, puts up. Kobe, Kobe cross Pippen up and gets yeah. into the, the, uh, the, the painted area and throws that lob to Shaq. Oh, my God. And the crowd with that. That was the great thing about those old Laker crowds, Galvis, is that even though they were, like, they had a reputation for being, like, very laid back and kind of stuck up, like the stuck up L.A. crowd, but they knew. I remember Bill Simmons saying that they had a, you know, because we've seen so many great teams and so much championship basketball in this city, that even though the crowd might be, you know, laid back most of the time, but when it's winning time, like, they have a sense of the moment, you know. They know when to rise to the occasion, you know. And so that was a big part of it, too, is as, as, as we kept cutting that lead, the crowd was with us, man, you know. I mean, that's one of the things about the, about the Lakers crowd is that is it like the old Sacramento crowd or Portland or this Golden Strike crowd when they were in Oakland? No. But when it's time and we need them, they, they rise to the occasion, you know, and it'll become a, a very, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, when the Lakers crowd really gets going, it's not a, an arena that the opposing team feels comfortable in, you know. Um, and so Kobe throws that lob to Shaq. You know, I still remember uh, Bob Costas's voice, man. You know, um, and oh, the Kobe, just Shaq, and the oh. is just the eruption because now we're up six. And Shaq Not comes back. The, the new Staples, or towards the end, the, <laughs> they, they dim the lights on the crowd, just like they do at Madison Square Garden. But during those, during that first three peak, the lights were bright. So you mm-hmm. really saw everybody's reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kobe's passing, it's like, damn, you think about all the fucking uh, memories he left us, you know? Yeah. Uh, where you were, what you were doing. Um, I remember, um, you know, obviously when, when the Lakers won that, that championship, you know, they, they had like a little riot in downtown and they were flipping over cars and everything. I remember driving home from my grandma's house back home and just seeing, I remember driving by like pe- people, it was like it was, they did their own parade. And I remember driving down the street and these kids were dribbling the basketball. Everybody was just in such a joyful and just a, it was a beautiful moment. Man. A beautiful yeah. moment. It's like the it's like this you know, it's like uh, what's his name said uh, Randy Newman. It's like the sun is always shining in LA, but when the Lakers win a championship, man, especially back in those days, it was different, man. It's like the you city. Know, this, this this last time that they won the championship, man, it was a bubble one and it's COVID and things like that. Nobody brought out their flags. Huh? I remember when the Lakers won the championship, everybody had the Lakers flags, bro. And they. In their fucking Tahoe's with twenty four inch chromed out rims, bro. Boy, it was a good time, man. You know, and it was like that for a good. They had the, they had the Laker flags on the box Chevys, yeah. you know, on those, those Buicks and and the pickup trucks, and and it was like, see, I, I don't know, it could be me, 
but nobody brings the city together like Lakers, right? Dodgers, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, in the Hispanic community, they're like, it's like gold, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if black people really fuck with the Dodgers like they do with the Lakers. I'm not so. sure. And obviously, uh, Raiders is a big thing here in L.A., but that's kind of more of like a South Central thing. Um, you know, and then there's still, there's Niner fans, there's Cowboy fans, but Bro, when it comes to the Lakers, nothing and no one brings the city together like the Lakers. And just it, yeah, man. Seeing, I remember when the Lakers would would, would be in the Western Conference Finals, they'd be like, "All right, here come the flags, here come the flags." Oh my god! And I think even if they were to make it to the finals this year, nobody would bring out the flags. No, it's not the same. That's why we switching gears on this podcast, man. Because this stuff it does, it's not exciting like it used to be, and I don't yeah. think it's even I don't think it's even just our age. I know that's part of it, but it's just not the same feeling, man. It's when you have a team, a homegrown team, or even if it's not homegrown, a team that grows together, you know, over a period of years. Um, yeah. And I remember, man, you know, uh, Scotty Pippen he fell out of the game that game seven. And uh, I don't remember if they played it. Remember when they used when, remember when somebody would follow the game and the Lakers would play hit the road, Jack. I miss stuff like that. Man. The game now is not it's not as fun as it used to be. It doesn't have the same personalities uh, that because it used to. Because we're older. I, I mean, I think that has something to to do with it. Like because nothing is the same when you get older. It brings you as much joy but i just you know like i just i just wish the lakers like the lakers you know don't have that uh that same feeling that they used to to have to me when it was you know because for a long time it was the same people like i said it was it was dr bus and jerry west and mitch kupchak and john black and bill burka you know it was like a lineage they kept it in the family but now it's like you know it's different you know it's lebron james and rich paul and Palenka was yeah. Kobe's agent, but it's not really the same as like the real core Lakers family who, you know, it's just it's just not the same. No. And um real quick, man, um that that that's what we mean. I know it sounds like a broken record, but that's what this is what we mean by the Lakers just it was it was something so special and we were little kids. There was no social media. There was no YouTube. You had to watch SportsCenter to get the highlights at 8 p.m. Um, so you had to really watch the games because there was no way of watching the highlights right away. And, um, you know, like we said, the whole everything, the, the alley-oop, the flags, the people in the streets celebrating. I mean, the parades were like, bro. I didn't think it mattered whether you were black, white, Hispanic, no. blood, trip, essays. like. Everybody came together for that, especially that first that first one, the two thousand one. That's the one that you know, um, because it was so dramatic. Like you said, that game seven, you know, it was so dramatic, and it was just you know to go to the finals. And then I know we'll probably get into this playoff, this series, probably next show, just to kind of keep this in bunch of order. To win the first championship for the first time in 12 years, we were finally born, you know, because when the Lakers won in 88, obviously, even if we weren't even born yet, technically, or at least I wasn't. 
And obviously you were a couple months old. But to finally win the first championship that you can visually see and remember, to win it at home, oh, man. Special times, my friend. But, uh, listen, yeah, I'm excited for this podcast. Yeah, that felt good, bro. See how, see how national feels when you're really passionate about what you're talking about? No, no stats, no us and ums. It's just... Yeah, just feelings. All love. All love. Uh, hey, USA plays El Salvador today in the World Cup qualifying. Who do you got? USA. USA. Uh, USA. All right, so before we get out of here, just a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is also on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and every other major podcatcher. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TC Pod Network and to like it on Facebook. Just search for the Complete Podcast Network. Send feedback and mailback questions to Complete Lakers Podcast at gmail.com. We are out.